Welcome to Lethal Lullabies, the podcast that takes you on a relaxing journey into the action-packed world of your favorite films. Last week, Natasha tiptoed around the drowsy officers dispatched to send her off to bed. Now, she wants to hang up her cape and settle into the cozy life of retirement. But it seems she can't simply walk away from her busy former life. This week, Natasha resolves to put her past to bed once and for all. Deep breath in and out. Before we begin, nestle into your bed, in, and out. Let your body sink into your soft mattress. Are you ready? Good. Find a good pillow and your trustiest blade and get ready for Lethal Lullaby's Black Pillow, Part 2. The cool water numbs Natasha's wounds and carries her gently down the river and away from the masked attacker. Once Natasha reaches the shore, she inspects her prize, the red glowing object from her mail. She had managed to swipe them up, but even now, as she inspects the vials without the pestering aggression of the masked assassin, she cannot make heads or tails of them. Natasha plucks at a small piece of paper bound together with the vials 
it's an old photograph of her and Yelena back in Ohio. Natasha is busy running away from her life as a superhero. And now, her life as a spy seems to be bubbling up to chase her down as well. But it can't be helped. If she wants to stretch out on her soft bed in the woods and sleep soundly like Mason, she will have to see this through to the end. She tucks the vials and the photograph into her pocket. She's off to Budapest. Natasha looks around the city. It's been a while since she has been here. Back when she had her safe house in the city, Mason would always call it Budapest. She was never able to convince him to pronounce the city Budapest. Natasha laughs at the memory. There are some things from her old life that she will miss. As a superhero, she was part of a team. She had friends. Natasha walks over to the safe house, an old apartment building with iron railings and a long spiral staircase. The last time she was here, she was running from an old life too. But that one bore no happy memories. Natasha opens up a panel in the wall and retrieves a sleeper she had left there long ago. Then she climbs the spiral staircase up to her old apartment. She knows she'll have to pick the lock. Mason sold the safe house the minute he knew Natasha wanted to live a simple life. She wonders who lives here now. If they acquired it through Mason, they must live a life similar to her own, one 
of adventure and danger. They wouldn't like someone like her sneaking in. Natasha hopes whoever it is is not home so she can explore the space and solve the mystery of the red vapor in peace. She pulls out a bobby pin and pushes it against the various tumblers in the old clock. I know you're out there, says a voice from inside the room. Natasha finishes picking the lock. Someone is home after all. She takes a deep breath in and then readies her sleeper and pushes the door open. She steps carefully through the hallways. Not much has changed. She methodically searches each room, drawing closer and closer to the voice. It's a woman's voice. She almost laughs with her words as Natasha approaches. Why are you skulking around like that? Natasha replies matter-of-factly because I don't know if I can trust you. The woman's voice sounds familiar. Natasha turns a corner and finally sees the woman. Wavy blonde hair and daring eyes, just like when they were children. A grown Yelena stands before Natasha, sleeper raised and ready. Both women feel on edge. It would be easier to talk if the other was not pointing a sleeper, but neither is willing to relax right now. They reach for each other's weapons and only succeed in trading sleepers, just like the assailant 
at the bridge, Natasha feels as if she is fighting her mirror image. Every move she makes, Yelena already knows. The two dance around the apartment, exchanging blow after blow. Sleepers completely tossed aside and forgotten. The women move to hand to hand until Yelena grabs a knife. Natasha's heart sinks. She hasn't seen Yelena since their days as spies together. Natasha often thought she had failed Yelena. She promised Alexei that she would protect her fake sister all those years ago. But when the girls entered the bedroom and underwent their sleep training, it became painfully obvious how fabricated her bonds with her Ohio family were. The best she could do was help Yelena grow strong. So the sleep director would not throw her out or worse, send her to sleep permanently. Natasha regrets so many of the things she did back then. But it always felt like she had no choice. Natasha reaches for a desk stapler to counter Yelena's knife. The little girl who loved fireflies has grown into an agent of sleep. And Natasha has herself to blame. She calms her mind and lets the memories fade like mist. She needs to focus on the knife. Yelena rushes forward and a new dance begins. They circle each other, punching and grabbing until the weapons are both gone. Natasha 
wraps a curtain around Yelena and leads her gracefully to the ground. Natasha pulls the curtain tight, trying to slow down Yelena's breaths. Her breathing slows, but her muscles do not relax. Yelena is ready to fight Natasha to the bitter end. It stings Natasha. Some part of her deep down still thinks of Yelena as her sister. But seeing Yelena now, she doubts Yelena feels the same. Natasha lets go of the curtain. She wants a truce. Yelena takes a deep breath of fresh air in and then out. Before nodding in agreement. Yelena goes to pour them a drink. She wants to dull the pain in her body and in her mind. Yelena had mailed the vials to Natasha, and when word spread that her safe house was up for grabs, Yelena snatched it up immediately. She assumed Natasha would never return to her old haunt. She assumed that Natasha would take the vials and silence the bedroom with all the other superheroes. Natasha pulls out the vials and the photograph, and Yelena knows just how wrong she was. Her eyes widen, and she dashes out of the room. Natasha follows her, asking question after question about the vials and why Yelena sent them to her. Yelena has seen Natasha on the covers of magazines 
standing next to Iron Man and Thor and the Hulk. She's saved the world. She's adored by millions. Why would she bring the vials back to Budapest? Why is she asking what they do? Yelena does not have much time to explain. She knows agents are tracking the vials. They will be here soon to put them to sleep. She tells Natasha they are the cure for the chemical brainwashing performed in the bedroom. Natasha does not believe her. Last time she was in Budapest, she destroyed the bedroom and Drakov, the man who controlled it. Natasha clings to this fact. It was the bedrock of creating her new life as a hero and disposing of her old life as a spy. Take it to Tony Stark if you don't believe me. Yelena says, another sting to Natasha's heart. She and Tony Stark once served sleep side by side, but now they are enemies. She can't go to him. Yelena grumbles. Where's an adventure when you need one? Yelena might not be Natasha's real younger sister, but she sure knows how to get under her skin like one. Natasha finally takes that drink. Suddenly, the ceiling of the living room implodes. Rubble and light fixtures tumble down like a waterfall. When the final bit of rubble tumbles down onto the ground, a team of black pillows 
trained spies from the bedroom drop down on cables. Yelena was telling the truth, but she had no time to gloat. She triggers the electrical traps left all over the apartment. Sparks fly out of every light fixture, blinding their attackers. Natasha and Yelena join forces to make their way through the encroaching pillows. But everywhere they go, they find another woman dressed in black and ready to send them to sleep. Natasha and Yelena make it up to the roof and leap over to a falling pipe. One of the pillows catches them. She tries to make the leap as well, but she misses by a few inches. Natasha catches her hand and holds tight. If Yelena is right, this woman is not her real enemy, and they have a cure for her. But the pillow is under orders to choose sleep rather than capture. She frees herself from Natasha's grasp. Wind whooshes past the woman's head as she makes her way down to the ground. Her landing is hard and she finds it difficult to move. Two thoughts battle within the pillow's mind. She knows her orders and every fiber of her being is ready to obey. But something deep, deep inside her is calling out for help. Natasha makes her way down to the fallen pillow. She offers her help. She can see that voice deep inside the woman crying out, but it is not enough. 
the woman's hand rises as if controlled by a puppeteer and her sleeper fires. When Natasha reaches the woman, she is already asleep. It's just like Yelena said, the bedroom is awake and more active than it has ever been. But in her hands, they have the key to tearing it all down for real this time. Natasha steals herself, bringing down the bedroom was the door to a new life and a new peace once, and it will be again. But first they need to escape the pillows and make a plan. She and Yelena rush out into the open streets towards Yelena's motorbike. Yelena reaches for the keys, but Natasha already has them in the ignition. She smiles at her younger sister. Yelena frowns and accepts the passenger position. Their little bike is agile. Fast, it carries them away from the pillows on foot. But their adversary has numerous resources. A deep rumble emanates from the end of the alleyway, followed by the hulking form of an armored tank. This charging bed on wheels needs only to make contact with the motorbike and the two women on board will be off to dreamland. Natasha makes a sharp turn that the massive tank is too slow and too big to replicate. But the force flings her and Yelena off the vehicle. She hears more motorcycles in the distance. And the tank will surely make its way back, given enough time. 
Yelena spots a car parked nearby. Using her sleeper, she requests the driver exit the vehicle. He complies. Yelena can see that Natasha disapproves. But the sentiment seems meaningless given their current situation. Natasha shoves Yelena into the passenger seat and grabs the wheel. Yelena rolls her eyes. To the world, Natasha is the black pillow, the superhero. But here, she is just the same old Natasha she once knew, treating Yelena like a kid sister. Yelena teases Natasha as she pulls the car out onto the road. Natasha rolls her eyes and hides a smile. As girls, they were always competitive. Now, they compete to see who can find the best way to safety. Natasha plans to outrun the attacker with calculated driving and evasion. But Yelena wants to ensure the pillows cannot follow them. She grabs the wheel, swirling the car around in a graceful loop. Then she swings her passenger door open. It catches on a signpost and separates from the car. The motorcyclist behind them clatters onto the fallen door. One point for Yelena. Natasha checks the back mirror. The tank is back, and a car door won't stop this juggernaut. A hatch on the vehicle's roof opens, and the masked assailant from the bridge rises up with a bow and arrow in hand. Natasha knows what will happen next. She tells Yelena to put on her seatbelt. 
Natasha maneuvers the car towards a subway entrance, just as their pursuer fires a mechanical arrow. The projectile whizzes through traffic and detonates under Natasha's car. Amber flames lift the car into the air. Natasha reaches out for Yelena, trying to hold her steady as the car tumbles through the road and down into the subway station. She pulls Yelena out of the car. Yelena wants to rest for a moment. She is so tired. But this is not the place to do it. Natasha has a spot where they can rest. She leads her sister to the escalator where they slide down the divider between stairways. It would be fun if Yelena wasn't so sleepy. How far away is this safe place to rest? Yelena's not the only one wandering. The masked attacker trudges down into the subway, scanning the crowd for the two women and the vials. Their reading leads them to a floor panel near the tracks. Natasha watches as the masked assailant stalks over to the panel and enters the tunnel below. She sighs with relief. (sighs) Natasha's safe space is a secret compartment in the air ducts. Their pursuer is chasing the wrong scent. Natasha curls up in the corner that had once been her bed when she last used this compartment. It was right after she blew up the bedroom headquarters along with the leader of 
all the spies. Drakov. She had been so sure he had fallen asleep back then. How could he be creating mirror assassins and chemical mind control now? The thoughts cloud her mind and keep her from resting peacefully. On the other side of the air duct, something different bothers Yelena. She was surprised to discover that Natasha thought she had destroyed the bedroom and freed the pillows. What Yelena had been taught about that day was something very different. You never mentioned Drakov's daughter, she says. When you were talking about taking down the room, Yelena hopes she's been misled. Now that she is free from Drakov's control, the world is a different place. Maybe Natasha didn't do what Yelena thinks she did. Natasha answers with no remorse. She was collateral damage. So, that part of the story was true. Natasha put Drakov's daughter to sleep. It was the only way to be sure, Natasha says. And yet, here you are, not so sure, her sister replies. Natasha had pushed this thought down from the day she left the bedroom. She had done terrible things as a spy, but she was going to build a new life. She was going to make it better And that goal was worth a little collateral, right? Natasha looks at Yelena. She thought that after the bedroom fell, Yelena would have gone on to live a normal life. Why 
didn't she check to see if Yelena was all right? Was she that anxious to bury her old life? Regret seeps into her mind, but she fights it back. Yelena wasn't her real sister. Natasha did what she could for her, but in the end, she needed to do what was right for herself. Natasha needed out, and she needed to put her life in the bedroom as far behind her as possible. She changes the subject, asking Yelena for details on the current location of the bedroom or any intel on how to get there. Yelena tells Natasha the room is always on the move and that each pillow is sedated before they enter or leave. After Natasha deserted. Drakov wanted to ensure no other widow could do the same. They'll need someone who is close to Drakov. Someone who knows his plans. There is only one person the two women can think of. But to get to him, they are going to need a jet. Unfortunately, all Mason can get them on such short notice is a helicopter he is rather proud of the find. Natasha and Yelena are not so thrilled. But with no other choice, they load up and take off into the sky. The strong motor and large blades fill the helicopter cabin with noise so loud. Natasha and Yelena can barely hear themselves think. They pool on large headphones with microphones attached to muffle the sounds. Once, a thundering whoosh, whoosh, whoosh 
the blades swirl by with no more sound than a gentle breeze whipping through a suburban street. They will have a long flight ahead of them to one of Russia's most secure prisons. But for now, the two girls rest and listen to the muffled sound of the motor carrying them to their next destination. Hopefully my voice is just an echo in your subconscious right now. But if not, let's use this opportunity to take a few breaths in and out. And another in and then out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Lethal Lullabies wherever you get your podcasts in order to receive updates on our latest releases. For longer content, consider becoming a subscriber on Spotify for $2.99 a month. You get access to our full sleep stories and maybe even some personalized content. Plus, it really helps us out. But no matter how you choose to participate, we never tire of our lovely community of sleepyheads. Thank you for your listens, likes, and action-loving vibes. Good fight and good night.